Hi guys, my name is Tashoy. And my name is Natasha. And welcome, welcome to, to His Word. word. Yeah. We are here to bring you His Word through testimonies. And His Word is here to encourage, uplift, inspire, help, believe, and to trust. So what is a testimony, you may ask? I'll let you know. A testimony is a testament of what God is doing in your life. It is powerful to share your testimony and it will help other people who are going through the exact same thing. So guys, please remember to hear his word, speak his word, and share his word. His His word word is God's word. Welcome back to another episode on Testimony Tuesday, hashtag TT. My name is Natasha Brown and this is Tashoy Brown. So for anyone who's new, we are sisters and we have been doing this podcast since March, I believe. This has been a journey for us and it's been a fantastic journey. Now, his word is a fantastic brand and it was created for, for the purpose to inspire, to encourage people, to allow people to find God. So anybody who's unaware or is confused about this whole his his word brand is essentially there to pave a way for you to find God. And we pave a way through the podcast, through um the blog and we have some fantastic um boxes coming out soon as well to help you on that journey with God. We are aware that it's not easy. When I first um started church I was not aware of how to seek God. I was not aware of what to do. I was not aware of anything you know I was at the beginning I was excited but then after a while the excitement died down because I wasn't aware of what I was doing I was lost I was confused his word is basically there to close that gap or that bridge between you and God you know anyway this episode is episode 18 and it's called God's Calling and it's from a pastor online called Pastor Randy he's absolutely amazing I've spoken to him you know he has a a lot of incredible content online so go and check him out on Instagram right so let's get into the testimony Pastor Randy would you like to tell us your testimony my story started when I was young you know I grew up in a Christian family I grew up in a Christian home Uh, my dad was a preacher, he was preaching on the street, at the market, he was preaching everywhere, you know, uh, the way uh, uh, preachers preach in Africa. So I grew up in that uh, atmosphere of preaching the word of God. I was uh, at church almost every day, you know, uh, from Monday to to Sunday. So, and uh, I remember when I was five years, five years old, I could go and preach, talk to people, you know, my friend and other people about God and everything. But uh, the problem started when I grew up, you know, when I grew up, I uh, I think uh, until when I was uh, 15 years old, up to that age, I was involved into the church stuff, you know, I was going to every uh, youth group or child group I was going I was everywhere I was even the president of the youth in my church and everything organizing all kind of things um I thank God for uh, for that because he exposed me to his word and to his uh, power since I was young you know and uh, my experience was uh, I did not have um any girlfriend you know when I was I was uh, back home and I was you know till up to uh, I think to 20 years old because uh, we had this debate when I was young that is a uh, friendship between male and female necessary, you know, you know, you know those debates in uh, Christian uh, uh, community. So we, 
we had a conclusion that it was not necessary. You know, we said when you have a, a, a girlfriend or something, it has to lead to marriage since you are not ready for marriage. So it was not uh, necessary. So I grew up in that environment. Uh, and my dad was really, really, really strict. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, had, you, had, you, you needed to go to church and everything. Until I started university. I went to university. Uh, university was uh, a little bit in another city, another town, you know, and another, like another experience that I had to experience. And now I was, I found myself away from home, you know, away from my parents. I was now alone, nobody to, to control me or nobody to look after me. So I backslided from that Christian values, you know, from my colleague or Christian values, I backslided from that. I became the one organizing parties <laughs> at universities and everything. But still, I had those Christian values, you know, still I was not drinking, still uh, I did not have a girlfriend and everything. But, you know, I just forgot about praying, going to church. So I went to that, uh, you know, university atmosphere and everything. I forgot about, you know, I was hypocrite, you know, when I went back home because it was like a few hours from home. So when I went back home, I acted like I was still, you know, active in the things of God, but I backslided. And uh, long story short, uh, when, once I finished studying back home, uh, my parents decided to send me uh, to study further uh, overseas. Uh, that way, my 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 story. I think that's where my walk with God started. My personal walk with God started. Why? That's where the real thing started with God. So I uh, I, I traveled to uh, to South Africa. I came to South Africa some years ago. Uh, I couldn't speak even Good Morning in English. So I was totally French, doing nothing. Uh, I knew nothing about English, so I came here. They said I should first uh, start studying English and then uh, go to university and to further my studies later. And uh, when I came here, you know, uh, it was like a shock culture to me. I never been here. I don't. I didn't know how the culture way. I knew almost know a lot of people here, and I was staying at my uncle's place and everything. So I was still, I knew, you know, I knew that I had those Christians value, but I didn't have the personal relationship with God. You understand? I didn't have the personal walk with God. I knew God as, you know, in the family as I grew up and everything. I was even preaching, you know, people were even calling me pastors and everything, but I, I didn't have that uh, tangible personal relationship with God. So I remember one day uh, we decided to, take a trip, uh, we decided to take a trip to a place called Limpompo. It's like another province, like four hours from here. Yeah. By the way, I'm in Jobek, Johannesburg, right? Uh, yes, I'm in Jobek. So I had to go to uh, four hours from here, like in Limpompo. And that way, that's where my story started. We're driving at night. I think it was at one o'clock and we had an accident. Oh, wow. It, uh, it was a very uh, bad experience for me. Um, I almost died in the accident. Um, I was fractured and I had blood everywhere. And uh, I remember when I got out of the car, uh, people screaming outside, he's dead, and he's, but he's walking, you know, I had blood all over my body. I remember sitting down 
at one o'clock, you know, sitting down before the the paramedic comes, I call my dad because I gave my phone to a lady and then I dialed my dad's number because I had my dad number in my head and then I called him. I said, Dad, I don't know, I might die maybe in a few minutes or a few hours. Uh, please, you're going to call this lady to take my corpse and maybe home <laughs> because I was far away from home and everything. And it was in this place called Dimbopo Province where was far away from home. I knew nobody there. I didn't know even the local language in that area. I was not even very good in English. So the, the paramedic took me to the hospital. I was shaking. Uh, I was afraid. I thought I'm gonna die. At the same time, I was upset at God. You know, at that time, I, didn't, I did not know the culture of this country. I didn't know how people were in this country. So I was afraid. I thought maybe they would kill me, you know. So I was going, a lot of things were going in my head. Um, I remember the doctor after, uh, you know, cleaning my wounds and everything. He said, go and put him in his room. Maybe he's going to die before six o'clock. Because at that time, it was now already like one or two o'clock. So they put me in my room. I was, uh, I didn't have the, the top. I was, I was topless. I didn't have my shoes. I lost my shoes. I, I only had my, uh, my, my jeans on. And my phone was in my jeans. This is why I had my phone. So they put in my bed. I started crying. You know, I didn't know where to turn. You know, I remember I'm the first one in my family. I was very close to my mom. When, whenever you're sick, you know, your mom, she's next to you, you know, you know. Yeah. But this time I was alone in this foreign country. Nobody to attend to me. Nobody to talk to me. And, and then I was very upset at God. I was, I was like, why me, God? Why me? I've served you all my life. Even though I didn't, you know, I, didn't, I was not a drunk. I did not drink. I did not have a girlfriend. Why me? You know? So I was crying and complaining before God. To be honest with you, I was even naming some friends. I said, God, look, look at this guy. He's, you know, he plays a player, but not, why not him but me? <laughs> So I was crying to God, and then a voice, you know, and something came to me. I said, okay, since I'm going to die, but I don't want to go to hell because <laughs> I don't want to go to hell. So I decided to pray so that I won't go to hell. So I stepped up from my bed where they put me. I went on my knees, and uh, I started crying. I started praying so that I won't go to hell. So, you know, can you imagine like you're praying your last prayer, you know, like that's, that's it. Maybe after the prayer, you're going to die. So I was praying, but I was praying in French. And uh, as you've noticed, I'm very loud, especially when I pray, I was very loud. So I started praying and shouting, crying before God, I'm praying. So I was ready to die, you know, I didn't want to live anymore. But anyway, I, want, I didn't want to go to hell. I wanted to go at least in heaven. So I was praying and asking God forgiveness of all my sins and everything and everything. I prayed for about 45 minutes and I was all stranding and everything. So when I opened my eyes, I turned, there were some nurses and some doctors behind me because I was, I was my, you know, my, the door was behind me. So they were behind me and then they approached me saying in English and some in other languages, they said, Man, we never heard anybody praying like you. You know, we never heard somebody praying like you. You know, I mean, your prayer was, was so powerful. You know, we never heard 
somebody praying like you. Please, can, can we start praying together or can we pray? I was like, okay. I was here telling God that I want to die and everything, but they want me to pray with them. I remember at that time, I still, I couldn't speak English very well. My English was very, uh, very bad at that time. So I said, okay, let's pray. I was like, God, I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray that all the word I knew. And uh, they said, okay, we, we're going to be having, if you don't die, by the way, if you don't die, we're going to be coming in your room like every day at nine o'clock at night. And we're going to be having like a prayer meeting in your room. And I was, at that time, can you imagine I want to explain to you what I was going through right there. I didn't have, uh, the, I was topless. I was in pain. Nobody to attend to me. I had no friends to attend to me. No family members. I was alone. Even friend I had back in Jobek, nobody could come there because they've never been there. Uh, you know, they've never been there. So I was alone. And, uh, I went like for days without eating because in the hospital we're serving some food. But since I was not accustomed to the culture, I was not used to eat those food. So I was very skinny. I was, I, I don't know how to describe it. I was all alone. I, and those things was going through my mind. And then the next when I think the day passes, I, I ate nothing. I didn't drink. I didn't eat. I was just on my bed waiting for me to die or whatever. But Remember, we had an appointment that those nurses are going to come at 9 o'clock the next day for prayer meeting. So here I'm saying, I have to prepare for prayer. Here, there's a lot of things going in my heart. You know, rejection, alone, you don't know where to turn. You, you don't have the, the shoulder to cry on. You know, you're feeling pain. You can't tell anybody that you're feeling pain because nobody knows you there, you know. And uh, I was just, I was just crying. You know, I was just crying. I was upset at God. I see, I was just crying. And they they came with food I couldn't eat. Uh, I was, you know, I was, I was. I think I was deep in depression or something. But anyway, the, at nine o'clock night, they came. The nurses came in my room. So uh, all I knew is that God is good. God bless you. Let us pray. Hallelujah. I didn't know a lot of uh, prayers in English. So they came and there were like about seven people. And uh, they were, I was in my bed. I couldn't, you know, I was in my bed. So they like surrounded my bed and said, okay, let us pray, let us pray, let us pray. <laughs> that was, let us pray. So we started praying. I was praying in French, obviously. We prayed, we prayed, we prayed, we prayed uh, like for like 20 minutes. And I said, okay, the Lord is good. We're going to pray again tomorrow. <laughs> and tomorrow they came again with testimonies. Ah, since we prayed, uh, you know, I received these, you know, people start coming with testimonies and uh, donating. Some, people start coming with some fruit, you know, giving me some fruit. So I started eating some fruit. Uh, some brought me some shoes and, you know. So, and here I'm, I'm speaking to my parents back home. Remember my mom back home, she's crying going that my child is dead. You know, they are far away. They don't know how I'm doing. My dad is trying to introduce the visa to come to see me, but the visa is delaying. You know, it's delaying. He can't reach where, where I'm at. And he's trying to call people here in South Africa, but they say 
they are saying that he's far and we haven't reached where he is and we don't know so i was basically nobody to attend to me there was nobody to attend to me basically so long story short that prayer group grew uh to a certain uh, to, to, to a certain point where uh even the uh the number one of the hospital would call me to pray for the all the nurses and the doctors in the hospital like in the morning before the work they would gather around me i'll pray for them and i would go to uh, rooms to pray for people you know other rooms and people were getting healed pain was stopping and everything and people were coming to my room with gift and you know even though those things were happening miracles were happening you know and i was and i started now improving a little bit in english because remember you have to speak it because nobody could understand french but still praying i was praying still in french because i didn't know how to pray um in english i was only praying in french and uh, uh i think after i think after two weeks in the hospital i was still in shock and uh, the doctor say the doctor came and uh, do all the examination of my body everything they said i have to go to the operation operation you know but uh, i have to go to operation in about a month you understand so here i'm in contact with my family um uh, they noticed that i did not die <laughs> i'm alive and uh, i'm improving a little bit but still i was struggling with one thing in my heart was still god why me you know what i'm saying i didn't care about the miracle which was happening i didn't care about i was like god why me you know you know i I didn't have nobody to attend to me. I had nobody to cry to, nobody to explain my pain and my frustration, you know. I didn't I had nobody to explain all of that. And these people here in that hospital in that area, they were considering me like this pastor, this who does miracles, you know, who knows everything, who knows the word. But inside of me I was suffering, you know. And uh long story short, I stayed in the hospital for two months. Uh, and leaving the hospital I, they needed me to stay in the hospital for until they're gonna have an operation until they're gonna operate me so but i was uh, i was fed up with the hospital thing you know always sitting on your bed and hospitaling for people and everything i was <laughs> i was overwhelmed i was overwhelmed so and and uh, god touched a family a family uh we're praying with at the hospital they start giving uh standing food every day they put for cook food for me and come with it in the hospital they bought me some clothing some shoes you know uh some air time for me to uh to communicate for my family but that did not satisfy me you know it's not satisfy me all, all of that i remember we reached even to about 100 people in our meeting <laughs> Can you imagine we could go outside in the field and I'll now pray for people and preach you know I'll lay my hand and people were testifying but all of those things were nothing to me because I did not want to be a preacher I did not want to be a pastor you know I was like I was forced into those things because I grew up in that I grew up in the church my father was preaching I knew how hard it was because especially financially you know how people had to offer for you to be able to to survive so i didn't want 
anything to deal with that, but God exposed me to that. You know, exposed me to that kind of life. So now I became a man who I needed to pray and read the word of God in order to share with people. You know, I needed not to pray. So now God started developing that special relationship with me. You know, I could hear now the voice of the Holy Spirit in me. I could hear that voice telling me to things to do. But yet, I think I was not baptizing the Holy Spirit till that time. Even though miracles were happening, I was not baptizing the Holy Spirit. Now, so I showed up for two months. I decided to go back to Jobek, like to the city where I am right now. It's like four hours from uh, uh, from from the hospital. So I told the nurses that um, I'll come back on the day of uh, on the day of operation. I'll come back, but let me just go to the city first. Let me just go there and maybe see my friend. You know, I was you know just see my friend. So I decided to leave the hospital to come in Jobek. Maybe to go back to the hospital later for the operation. When I came here, all my friend came to sympathize with me. They came, oh, we heard, we are very, very sorry, you know. They came and see me, but the Lord, my dad and the Lord taught me one thing. The first thing the Lord taught me is say, no matter your friend or your family, you are alone without me. You know what I'm saying? They all taught me that. Sometimes we trust people, we rely on parents, on friends, on brothers, on siblings. But at the, end, at the end of the day, you are alone. You are alone. You know, I realized how alone I was. I realized how I was alone, alone in the entire world. Can you imagine? My family could not help me. My dad could not help me. I could not cry at the shop of my mom. I could not. I was alone. You know what I'm saying? So even even when my uh, my friend came to me with uh, those beautiful words, we missed you and everything, I just felt you know I just felt like you know, I was alone. You know, this is what the Bible says that uh, curse is the man who trusts in a man. You know, not that one that was trust. Curse is the man who trusts the man. That what uh, the Holy Spirit was teaching me that. So I came many anyway. I came back to Germany. I didn't want to go back to the hospital to be operated. I said, if they want me to die, I will die. So, because I did not have the taste of life anymore, you know? I just, I did not have that. And I lost, I lost even the self-confidence um, I had on myself. I, did, I was not, I didn't like myself. So I came here and uh, I came to stay in Germany, by the way. So the, the, the place where I was staying, I was sharing with a, a man. Uh, he's also a pastor. He was not married yet. A small a church. Uh, he was a pastor preaching there as well. So he told me to uh, to start after explaining to him the story which happened to the hospital. So he told me to start uh, preaching to his church. You know, like leading the service, like helping him out when he's not there or when you know he's doing other things. So I started going there bit by bit, but yet. I did not have that personal relationship with God, you know. You know, the personal relationship with God is something which I wish for every Christian to have. But till that time, I was doing all this activity. I knew the word of God because you remember, I grew up in a Christian home. I knew all the teaching in the Bible you can name. I knew everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I didn't have that relationship, personal relationship with God. I did not have that. I could preach. I could, 
like to pray for people. But even miracle would happen. But I did not, I did not have a personal relationship with God until uh, one one day, one day um, my visa was expiring. Now um, I I went and checked for me to be able to, to renew my visa. They told me that for you to renew a visa, not to ask a lot of money. You need to spend a lot of money. So I called my dad. He told me that he can't get that money. You know, it's a lot of money and uh, was going through certain financial difficulties that time. And by the way, what was, when I reached, I forgot about it, when I reached Jobek, my dad's visa finally came and he came he came here to see me and see how I was doing and everything. And he went back. So I... Uh, I was I was not thinking as a God. My dad says uh, the money for the visa it's gonna be difficult and everything. So I started praying. I started having that time alone to pray, crying before God for God to open financial doors. That's where now that the Holy Spirit now started, you know, speaking to me. He says the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God, you know, and his righteousness and any any other thing will be given unto you. Do you understand know what I'm saying? So now Instead, no, they wish me change my prayer. Instead of praying that God bless me or giving money or whatever for, for the visa, I start praying about God transform me, God change me, you know. God, I want more of you, I want more of your praises, I want more of you. That the day uh, that the Holy Spirit baptized me. I remember one day I was praying. So I started praying a lot. I could wake up at one o'clock, I would pray till the morning. I, I was I, I could spend the whole day in my room without leaving. So I was like, okay, either you kill me or I see you if you're real. I want to experience, you know, I don't want, I was somebody who was give, giving other people hope, but I want to feel that, I want to see, I want to see your real you. So I was spending my time praying, I was fasting, I wouldn't leave my room. And then one day, the Holy Spirit baptized me. I'm telling you, I was praying and I started speaking in tongues, I couldn't stop. I was just speaking in tongues. I couldn't, I couldn't stop. I was speaking in tongues for hours and hours. And after that, my journey, my personal walk with God started. Uh, from that point on, um, I started having visitation of uh, visitation, you know, visions of God teaching teaching me His Word. One well, one night, I was in my room. I was praying, and then. All of a sudden, I started speaking in tongues. I couldn't stop speaking in tongues. I couldn't stop. Uh, to go even, I remember, even when I stopped praying, I could go in the kitchen, take water. I was like, La brocha, da, da, da. <laughs> I, was, I was speaking, I couldn't stop speaking in tongues. So from that time, I started having visitation, you know, visitation. And uh, I remember one night I was in my room and uh, I was sleeping. I saw a vision. A man walked to my room. He had somewhat here, and yet this robe was not white. It was like greenish robe, you know. And he came in my room and sat on my bed, and he started open the Bible, and teaching to me, explaining to me the Bible, you know, explaining to me the book of you, and we'll sit down and he explain, explain to me and everything. And when I wake up, it was a dream. It was a dream. And from that time, every time when I sleep, I could receive messages in the Bible, teaching to teach and everything. And then 
even my ministry became very God-suffusing, my ministry very powerfully, you know. I could pray for people and they could get, um, they could be baptized in the Holy Spirit instantly, that people were, were being healed, uh, healed in the, just praying over the phone, and that way my ministry will launch, you know. Uh, and after that, I started uh, fasting, seven days fasting, 21 days fasting, and uh, I started receiving invitation from here to go and preach, uh, to have seminaries and everything. And that way, uh, kind of, my ministry started. Thank you so much, Pastor Randy, for sharing such a beautiful testimony. Every time we give a testimony, we always say, you know what? No one's testimony is the same. Mm. Everyone's testimony is so unique in itself. And mm. we're so grateful that you're able to come onto this platform and share it with us today. May you guys be blessed with this testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. Honestly, absolutely amazing. Um, there's one thing that I took from this whole um, testimony that, that really spoke to me, right? And I feel like when Pastor Randy was talking about how how when he was in the accident, he was questioning God. He was saying, God, why me? You know, I have been so faithful to you. I haven't done this. I haven't done that. But why are these things happening to me? And I feel like that is such an important part to like take away because a lot of us always have questions like, God, why is this happening to me? All of us have experienced a time in our lives where we have thought, God, I have done everything you've asked me to do. You know, I've done everything that you've told me to do. You know, I've listened to you. You know, I've done I've done everything the right way. Why is this happening to me? In Psalms 77 verse 7, it says, Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? And I kind of feel like everything in life, well, for me anyway, everything that's happened in my, in my own life, I feel like is a learning curve for me. So even though at times I think, God, why are you doing this to me? You know, at times I, I take a step back and I think, you know what? This had to happen for this to happen, you know? And I feel like it's so important for us to understand that in life, not everything that happens that seems bad at the time is actually bad. As we, again, spoke about for um, Ashley's episode about when he went to jail. When he went to jail, he needed to be there, you know, because it was actually a gateway for him to find God. And I feel like it's the same thing for, for Pastor Randy. Although he was already a Christian, I feel like that did open his eyes in that car accident. We become so frustrated at certain things that happen in our lives and we automatically start to blame God. Everything that happens is God's fault, it's God's fault, it's God's fault. But we're not trying to look at it as a, as a blessing. Yes, mm. he went in through the car accident, but he never died. That's a blessing in itself because mm. he survived the accident. You know what I mean? Mm. A lot of people don't always survive. certain. The way he explained it, not a lot of people will survive certain situations like that. Mm. And... It just comes to show you that God will never forget you. He will never leave you. If God is saying, I'm always with you, how can how can he forget you when he was the one that saved you? You went through that accident, but you didn't know that God sent his angel, Michael, to come and protect you, to guard you. And what's crazy as well is that even when he was in that situation, the first thing that he wanted to do was pray because he thought that he was going to hell, right? So I feel like he knew that he was doing something wrong, hence why he felt like he was going to hell, you know? And I feel like to acknowledge something in this time and to pray about it is so important. Like whenever you're going through anything at all in your life, the first thing that you need to be doing is praying, asking God, you know what, God, speak to me. Why has this happened? You know, what are you trying to like tell me? You know, and I feel like 
although at, at the time he must have been scared and you know nervous about what was happening because obviously the doctors were like telling him that you know what this patient he will die right but you know what sometimes in life people can speak things over your life yep. when it's not true yeah god didn't intend for him to die it yep. wasn't his time yet so whoever's speaking over your life i beg whoever's saying anything in your life yeah cast it out now we spoke about this in our, in previous episodes. Yeah. We said that we need when situations are arising, yeah. you need to reflect and assess why is this arising, or is this going to lead me to my breakthrough? Right. A lot of times when we go through things, it's not because it's supposed to cause you harm. It's supposed to let you know that God is about to do something amazing in your life. And sometimes the enemy will come and block it. You. you know mm. when Adam and Eve ate the apple from the tree, the, Satan thought that's it. There's yeah. no way the promise, the promised son is coming. Yeah. But God turned it around. It's true. And this is exactly what God did in um, Pastor Randy's favor. He t- God turned it around in his favor. Yes, yeah. he had the accident, but it was for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. And, and what I also realized in when he was talking, I realized many, the Bible says many are called, few are chosen. Matthew 22 verse 14. It's time that we need to learn to accept our calling from God and accept the plans that God has set out for us. Mm. A lot of times we try to run away what God is trying to do for us. But if we just allow God to take us where we need to go, we don't even have a problem. Mm. Even if you don't know where you're going, if it's God's will, it will be done. I find myself saying this a lot recently that if it's God's will, then let God, let it be done. Because I don't want to do something if it's not God's will. If it's not from God, I don't want to do it. And it just reminds me of Genesis 12 when God said to Abraham, Come out of your country, leave your father and mother and go. Abraham left. He didn't know where he was going. Yes, Pastor Randy didn't know where he was going, but guess who was taking him where he needed to go? God. Mm. And I realized when you're going where God wants you to go, the enemy will come at every area Mm. to stop you, to block you, to distract you, to disturb you, to backslide you. But it's up to you. Another important point that I wanted to make was that in the start of this whole episode, Pastor Randy spoke about how his dad was a pastor and how like he was obedient to his father, which is obviously absolutely amazing. Now, when he went away to higher education, that's when he changed, right? And it just kind of like reminded me of when I was at school. And I feel like a lot of the people that I went to school with were like, they vote Christians, they vote Muslims and everything like that. And I feel like the moment they left school, the moment they had their own independence, it was like what they knew of life previously it wasn't as exciting as what they were now seeing at uni now what people need to understand is that in this life yeah the enemy will try and make everything else look better than what god has to offer you but i feel like the more you know god the more that you have a connection with god you will understand that the life that he has in store for you is the best life that you could ever have however in this world it will always perceive like going out and partying and smoking weed and doing all these crazy things and having a girlfriend or having a boyfriend that they always perceive that as being the be all or the end all like you have to have this because it's amazing and i feel like especially instagram like instagram makes up that all these things that these people are doing like boat parties and all these other things is the most amazing thing ever and you always think you know what i need to have this but but then the moment you have it you have it for a while but then after afterwards you just feel empty yeah you just feel empty but but with god you always be full i feel like in this world yeah you always want more and i feel like it's just so important for parents to not force their 
children into anything. It's so important for parents to encourage their children, but at the same time, it's important to allow them to learn about God on their own. So in our church, what they do is they teach you the word of God by coming to you in scripture. So they will get the scriptures and they explain it to you so you can understand it. So then you can start having that relationship with God and you can start building yourself in your spiritual self with Christ. Now, if your parents keep telling you to go to church, it's just their words. What is God telling you? What is God saying to your you to tell your child? Sometimes we always try to push our children to do what we want them to do. But are we saying, you know what? God said this, and this is why I'm telling you to do this, because if you do this, this is what will happen. Also in Sunday school, what they do is they teach the children how they know their child is gonna respond. You're not going to feed a child dumplings or feed a child rice and peas when they haven't even finished drinking their milk. The way you, they send out the information is how you're going to receive it depending on your age. So if your parents is telling you to go to church, they need to explain to you why you need to go to church. They need to give you a little bit of understanding of why you should go to church because a lot of people, they don't, their children don't grow up in church. They only start grow, going to church at a certain age but they're not even explaining to them why they need to go to church, why they need to have a relationship with God. What does the Bible say? If you do this and if you do this, they're just forcing the children to go. So I can understand why some of them, they have no interest in doing it because there was no motivation when they were going into it in the first place. And to add on to what um, Sister Toshoi has just explained, for me personally, yeah, I'm, I'm a person who's very rebellious. I do what I wanna do when I wanna do it. But that's just how I was built. I can't help it but it's just me, right? And there's a lot of people out there who are just like me. So if you're telling me, you know what, attend church, oh yeah, do this, do that. When I have my own freedom, I'm sorry. That isn't something that I will be following because it's not, it wasn't in my heart in the first place. What I'm trying to like explain is that in this life, yeah, especially when it comes to children, you need to allow them to learn on their own as well. Give them the, um, bible and allow them to learn on their own as well it's not just about you telling them what to do they need to also want to do it as well because the moment they leave your home the, the, the moment they aren't under your authority anymore they will do whatever they want to do and it's easier for them to backslide understand so that's why it's so important as Tashoy has just explained that when you are um, in church, when you are at home, when you are teaching your child all these things, allow them to be independent from the um, start. Allow them to be able to learn on their own as well. Allow them learn alongside them as well. You know, it's not everyone who's able to take, you know, instruction because I can't. Yeah. So yeah, as a, as a parent, what I try to do is I try to teach my son the Bible because we just spoke about teaching. If you're not teaching your children, they're not going to have any interest in it. And I've noticed from I've been teaching him, reading the Bible with him, we have a, we have a, we have three, two different Bibles, one with more information and more understanding. And the other one is just a small, it's just pictures and a little bit of information in there that will give him a bit of understanding of what's happening in the chapters. Now, the more I've been reading it to him, the more he's familiarized himself with it. And he's even starting to always say, mommy, can we read the Bible? Every night he wants to read the Bible now because now he's, growing to that understanding and wanting to know more but um, more about god if you're not teaching your child and trying to educate your child to know more about god they're not going to want to do it in the first place they're not going to know about nothing about god that's why i love my church hey sorry 
It's true. And I kind of feel like as well, because obviously um, her son is, is only the, the age of five. So I feel like, especially at that age, you need to make it exciting. You need to make it fun. I feel like if a child grows up in an environment where it's boring, it's a chore, I can't, it's obvious that he won't, like when, when he gets older, he won't be as interested because it's just a chore for him, you know? And I feel like a lot of us as well backslide because we see it as a chore. As we spoke about earlier, the moment we come out of it, and we have like our freedom and we're on our own and we see other things that people in the world make it seem to be exciting, that's when it makes it again easier for us to backslide and easy for us to come away from God. We are currently in a time here where our um, generation are just not interested in God. It's because there's so many things online that glorifies everything else and makes being with God and being with Christ look boring, look like it's a chore, yeah. look like, you know, this isn't where you should be. And that's what the issue is at this point. And that's why his word is here to share testimonies from people's experiences to allow our um, generation to grow closer to God, to learn on their own accord. Although you're hearing these testimonies and we post things on the Instagram to help and encourage you through like verses, through all these other things as well. You know, it's, it's, it's not just for you to hear, but it's for you to go out there and do your own thing. Go and read the Bible, go and see these verses. Ask God like, God, why am I hearing these verses? How, what am I able to take away from these verses? Now, that concludes the end of our episode. We hope that you've enjoyed it. Guys, learn to depend on God. Learn to trust him. This episode was just, it was a lot today. And it just comes to show that we need God in every area of our life. We need God to be preeminent in our lives. This was such a powerful episode. And for him to live to this day, to be able to tell it, it's for a reason and a purpose. And it was just because of you guys. You guys were supposed to hear it today. Thank you so much again, Pastor Randy, for coming on to um, this His Word podcast. It was a privilege having you. It was amazing hearing your testimony. And I really do hope that in the future we could partner up at some point. Again, guys, if you do have a testimony, please let us know. And we will be happy to have it on um, the His Word podcast. And guys, please remember, His Word is God's Word. Hey, His Word is God's Word. Hello, His Word is God's Word.